the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Right, humbly take your seed in God's presence. Joel 2, verse 21. Joel 2, verse 21. Now, the focus of this teaching must not be lost out on you. He says, Fear not, O land. Somebody say, Fear not, O land. Say, Fear not, O land. The Lord will do what? The Lord will do what? How many of us want God to do great things for us? Great things will happen for you. Amen. Your amen is very weak. Amen. The Lord will do great things. The Lord will do great things. God has spoken. He will do great things. And from uh, 12 days of grace all through to better life conference, he's spoken many things. But you want to position yourself to experience the great things God is doing. And that is the essence of this teaching. So we said that we need to make 2022 great for ourselves. Somebody say, I will make, I will make 2022, 2022 great for myself. Now, I want you to know, I, what I was just preparing, this thought just came to me. He said, success is not something God or others make happen to you. It is what you make happen to yourself using the resources God has made available to you. If you meet somebody who blames God that he's a failure, he doesn't understand this principle. If you meet somebody who blames another person for being the cause of his failure, he doesn't understand that the principal factor when it comes to your success is you. Somebody say, it's me. It's me. Yeah, you decide. And if you are born again, it's principally because God has made the things you need to succeed available to you. And what you do with them will determine. So take note of that. Success is not something God makes or others make happen to you. It is what you make happen to yourself using the resources God has made available to you. That's success. Joshua 1.8. If you read that, there is nothing that says that God will make anybody successful. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. This year you will succeed. Amen. This year you will excel. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Success is never a product of luck. It's a product of light. When you discover the light of God and you walk in it, success becomes a natural heritage. You don't pray for success. You assess light for success. The entrance of your world brings light. And it bringeth understanding to the simple. So, how do I make 2022 great for myself? Number one, we said you end the year past great. That is past. We looked at the fact that you also need to dream great dreams. Somebody say dream great dreams. Say dream great dreams. Of course. And then we talked about make great spiritual preparations. Somebody say make great spiritual preparations. Last week, I began talking about make great sacrifices. Somebody say, make great sacrifices. Say it aloud, make great sacrifices. Alright, so I'm doing part two of make great sacrifices. Make great sacrifices. In the book of 2 Kings, chapter 3, verse 24 to 27, he said, and when the Moabites arrived at the Israelite camp, the army of Israel rushed out and attacked them until they turned around. The army of Israel chased them into the land of Moab, destroying everything as they went. 
They destroyed the towns, covered their good land with stones, stopped all the springs, cut down all the good trees. Finally, only Kaharasen and its stone walls were left. But men were with slings surrounded and attacked it. When the king of Moab saw that he was losing the battle, somebody say, look and see. He said, when he saw, he was losing the battle. You see, there are things that happens in life. They are wake-up calls. They wake you up to sit up. You, you will destroy your destiny if something does not wake you up spiritually. The Bible said, when he saw that he was losing the battle, he did the unthinkable. He led 700 of his sword men in a desperate attempt to break through the enemy lines near the king of Edo, but they failed. He wanted to break through, but he failed. He wanted to break through, but he failed. But he did something else. That brought him the breakthrough that nothing else could break. <laughs> this is one principle if you don't get, you can never ever go far in life. What I'm teaching you. What I'm teaching. That is how I practically live. That's how I live my life. He says he wanted to break through, but he couldn't. Then the king of Moab took his oldest son. Somebody say his oldest son. Who would have been the next king and sacrificed him as a burnt offering on the wall? So there was great anger against Israel, and the Israelites withdrew and returned to their own land. That's how he became safe. This is how the spiritual world operates. Whether it's God's world or the demonic world, they all thrive on sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. No, 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 sacrifice. That's, the spiritual world is ruled by sacrifices. There is no uh, witch doctor, necromancer, wherever you consult where they will not demand sacrifices from you. So your understanding of sacrifice is very important. And for Christians... Our salvation came to us on the platform of sacrifice. The reason why you are saying, look at this. The Bible said, Jesus answered them and said, saying, the hour is come. Somebody say, the hour is come. That the Son of Man should be glorified. The hour is come. When your hour of glorification comes, that is the hour for you to know what you must do. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground, and does not just fall and dies. He says, it abided alone, but if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Then he says, he that loveth his life will lose it. But he that loseth his life, hated his life, in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Praise the Lord. I would want to run through quickly because last time I couldn't go far. I was sharing with you seven Definition, biblical definitions from, of, of sacrifice from a very scriptural perspective. What does it mean to sacrifice? Make great sacrifice. If you want 2022 to be a better year for you, make great sacrifice. Great sacrifice. Your finances, great sacrifice. Your spiritual life, great sacrifice. It takes great sacrifice to accomplish great things in life. The Bible says, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 24 to 26, he says, it was by faith. Somebody say, it was by faith. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better. Somebody say, it was better. Better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Number one, we said to sacrifice is to give up something that is valuable for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. When you sacrifice, you are giving something of value. Not something that is cheap. Not something that is worthless. Something that is of value. You give it up for something else that is more valuable. That's sacrifice. Sacrifice is parting with that which you deem valuable. Something that costs you something. Something you would rather hold on to in order to secure something far better and glorious than that. Number two, we say to sacrifice 
is to give something precious as an expression of love, devotion, and worship to God. Somebody say something precious. Yeah, when you give that which is precious as an expression, and that is the word that is very important to me, as an expression of love, devotion, and worship to God. That's a sacrifice. When you offer something precious to a deity as an expression of devotion, as an expression of loyalty, as an expression of love, that is sacrifice. When God came to Abraham one early morning and told him, take now thy son, thy holy son, and go to a place I will show you and offer him there. When Abraham acted on that word, he was acting on sacrifice. When David was confronted and he said, I will offer nothing to God that cost me nothing, he was talking about sacrifice. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3 to 4, when Solomon went to Gibeon, and instead of offering one bull, he chose to offer a thousand burnt offering on the altar unto God. He was doing what we call sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. Say sacrifice. Number three. That's where I'm continuing. Number three. To sacrifice is to sow in tears in order to reap in joy. Sacrifice. Is to sow in tears in order to reap in joy. Sow in tears and reap in joy. The principle of seed time and harvest is one principle that rules the world. The Bible said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, the same he shall reap. That is a vital principle. It was initiated in the, in the, in the book of Genesis and repeated by the apostle Paul in the book of Galatians. The Bible says in Psalm 126, verse 5 to 6, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. 2022, you will reap in joy. I said this year, you will reap in joy. In the mighty name of Jesus. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Then he tells you, verse 6, he that goeth forth, bearing and reapeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. He that goeth forth, weepeth. You see, whatever you do for God out of convenience usually doesn't bring much. Convenient Christianity is not Christianity that impacts anybody. Christianity that costs you something is a Christianity that is able to bring others to the knowledge of Christ. The Bible says, for weeping may endure for a night, Joy cometh in the morning. If you have never come to a place where in your walk with God, tears came out of you, keep on serving. Praise God. Keep on serving. The reason why Jesus laid down his life is so that we will learn how to lay down our lives. He didn't lay down his life so that we just take our lives and enjoy it. No. He showed us, the Bible said, he has left us an example that we should follow in his steps. A Christian is one who follows the example of Christ. And in the book of Ephesians, he tells us what the example is. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. Look at that, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. He says, Therefore be ye followers of God as dear children. And then he says, Walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself. Somebody say given himself. That is the example we are called to follow. He loved us and gave himself. When you love him, you give yourself. You don't keep yourself. You give yourself. Receive grace to give yourself this year. He said, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hated his life shall find it into life everlasting. Apostle Paul was speaking and he was talking about his service unto God. Acts chapter 20 verse 19. He says, serving the Lord with all humility and with many tears. Somebody say many tears. Say many tears. Listen, there are things we do for God. In our heart, we are happy, but in our flesh, we feel it. We feel it. It will cost us something. And I tell you, listen, any Christian who doesn't understand the principle of sacrifice, all the other seven things that I'll be talking about, about sacrifice doing, you will never see them in your life. You can't live a holy life if you can't sacrifice. You can't impart other people for eternity if you can't sacrifice. 
Everything. We were not called to sacrifice money. We were called to sacrifice our lives. The Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Sacrifice your life. Your life. Number four, to sacrifice is to deny yourself of immediate comfort, pleasure, and gratification in order to achieve a greater future glory. There are some of you, if you learned the practice of sacrificing, you would have built your houses by now. You would have built it by now. Your marriage would have been better by now. There are some quarrels that are repetitive because you are not ready to let go of your pride. Put it down. He says in the book of Matthew, Then Jesus said unto if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Somebody say deny himself. He didn't say carry himself. He said deny yourself. Put yourself aside. Take yourself out of the equation. The reason why a lot of us don't have time for God, don't have time for the things of God, don't have time for church, can't make time to serve in the house of God is because we are full of ourselves. It's me, my job, my wife, my children, my business. That's all. But the Bible says, if you are coming after me, you deny yourself. In fact, the, one of the first requirements of being a, becoming a disciple of Christ is to deny yourself. That's the beginning. And then, when you graduate, you become crucified with Christ. So, at that time, you are not talking about deny yourself because you don't even have a self. But a lot of us, the self-denial phase, we have not even left there. If you will come after me, first, deny yourself. That is the decision you have to make before you start. But when you start, you must understand, move on further to become crucified with Christ. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live, yet not I. But Christ that liveth in me, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Receive grace to live that life. I said receive grace to live that life. To sacrifice is deny yourself immediate comfort. Immediate comfort. Pleasure and gratification in order to enjoy. I like it when the Bible says uh, the man Moses, he denied himself of immediate comfort. He left the pleasures of sin for a season. A season. Immediate comfort. Immediate comfort. I must have it and I must have it now. I must enjoy it and I must enjoy it now. That is the generation we live in. We live in an instant generation. Everything has to be now or never. Nobody wants to wait for anything. Nobody wants to plan for anything. Nobody wants to put the future in perspective for anything. That's what the Bible says. He said, for whoever will save his life shall lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited? He shall gain the whole world and lose it. So look at Romans chapter 8 verse 17 with me. Romans chapter 8. Let's read it together. One go. If children, then heirs of God. Okay. How do we partakers of, become partakers of his glory? By being first partakers of his suffering. You partake of the glory by being a partaker of the suffering. But we live in a generation where people don't want to partake of the suffering. It's all glory, 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 glory. Life doesn't work like that. You partake of a suffering. He said you are joint heirs. Everything I have, you have a share in it. But to partake of your share. And then the book of uh, Second Corinthians it says, now look at this. I like, let's do verse 18, verse 18. He said, for I reckon, somebody say I reckon. Romans 8, 19. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. I reckon the sufferings of this time. Whatever we are giving up this time shall not be worthy. That's what I'm talking about. The sacrifice be deny yourself of immediate comfort, pleasure, or gratification in order to achieve a greater future glory. Last week, I was telling you about the man Esau. The reason why Esau ended up the way he ended was because he was not ready to let go of the immediate for the future. There are some money this year. When they enter your hand, you must tell yourself, I'm not eating up this money. I'm putting it in an account somewhere. 
I'm saving this money and it's on purpose. Come rain or high water, I'm keeping this one. Esau said, I want to eat and I want to eat now. Even in Akan, they say that Edidida. Eh? Yes, Edidida. To, to eat every day is better than to eat, to eat all at once. The man came and said, Give me, trade your birthright with me. And look, look, look at that with me. He was not ready to sacrifice the present for the future. Genesis 25, verse 31 to 33. All right, Jacob replied, By trade your right as a firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation. Esau said, What is birthright to me now? So Jacob said, You must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as a firstborn to his brother. Then, look at verse 34, the New International Version. Then, Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So, Esau despised his birthright. Praise God. I will teach on values because that, that word is coming strong in my spirit. So, I really don't want to belabor this point. But I want you to know that there are some present comforts. If you don't learn to deny yourself of them today, you will lose tomorrow. There are some relationships. They are bringing you some gains now. But if you put your future in perspective, they are not worth it. Today, the relationships seem to be getting you some immediate benefit. And it looks like it's all cool and good. But in the long term, you will seriously regret it. That's what Moses, the Bible says of Moses, when Moses, he was born, the Bible said he was hid of his parents for three months because he was a proper child. By faith, Moses, look at that, go to Hebrews 11, 24, 26. When he grew up, he refused, somebody said he refused, to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused. He chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking at the great reward. Our younger generation does not understand what it means to suffer. Yeah. We don't, we don't understand. It's like it's not part of our vocabulary. Suffering is not part. But the cross of Christ <laughs> calls for suffering. In the book of Testament, he says, if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. If we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. There are some things that are comfortable today, but tomorrow they will cost you. Some relationships are comfortable today, but they are costly. Some places you have identified, some things you are engaged in now, they seem to be giving you a moment of comfort. But in the long term, you will be an end loser. Let it go. Turn to your neighbor and say, let it go. Say, let it go. Now look at number five. To sacrifice is to lose the temporal to gain the eternal. To lose the temporal and gain the eternal. To lose the temporal and gain the eternal. A lot of people don't know how to secure eternity. Life is in two phases. We are on earth. We are here on a rehearsal for the main show in eternity. How we do life here will affect how we do life there. For whosoever will save his life will lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Then he talks about that in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. For which cause we fail not, but though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Somebody say, far more. Exceeding. Eternal. Weight of glory. You see, what, you, what makes you a Christian is your, your eternal view about things. Somebody say, my, my eternal view about things. Yeah, the Bible says, if you therefore be risen with Christ, set your affection on things above. When you meet a real Christian, eh, his values are way above the average man. He thinks about it. Everything he's doing, what will be the effect of this action on eternity? If I'm giving, what will be the effect of my giving in eternity? What I do with my time, what will be its effect? In my, because, you see, 
the place where we have accumulated everlasting eternal interest that can never be compared to anything here is in eternity. I like it when the Bible says in the book of Revelation 14, 13. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Revelation 14, 13. He said, blessed are those who die in the Lord that they may rest from their labors and their words follow them. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. Somebody say die in the Lord. Why you are born again? You see, there are two places people die. People die in the world and people die in the Lord. There are those who die in Christ and there are those who die outside Christ. When you die in the Lord, that is not the, the end of it. When you die in the Lord, the rest has just begun. He said, I heard the voice saying, blessed are those who die in the Lord. When you are born again and you die, that's why in the book of 1 Thessalonians, Paul was speaking. He said, when somebody dies in the Lord, we should not be sorrowing as if we have no hope. When a Christian dies... I mean, in the flesh, we feel it. But we don't sorrow and become hopeless and act as if that is the end of it because that is just a beginning into a better life. Praise God. Then he says, Blessed are those who die in the Lord, said the Spirit of the Lord, that they may rest from their labors. Okay? <laughs> so death is rest. The question is, right now, what labor are you involving? Now that you are... To be alive is to be laboring for the Lord. So when you die, you have an opportunity to rest. Then he says, when you rest, your salary will now follow you. And their works do follow them. It will be interesting that people have great mansions here. But when they die, nothing is following them. They have fought accounts on it. But they have made no investment in eternity. So nothing, there's nothing to follow you when you go. This year, you must decide you will live a Christian life. Christians don't live for the present, they live for eternity. He said, we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are eternal. In the book of Genesis, we are told, look at this. Ah, this is a very good example, to sacrifice the temporal in order to gain the eternal. Now, that was not even the eternal. The man Joseph. How many of you remember Joseph? Joseph, 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 Joseph. Genesis 39 verse 20. The woman said that Joseph took him and put him into the prison. Where they kept him in the prison. Why? Because he was looking at it. If Joseph had just looked at immediate comfort, he would have gone in for the lady. Oh, it's cool. Nobody's here. And, you know, already my boss likes me. So if my, my, my boss wife also likes me, then the deal is done. But, you know, he was in transit. His destination was not Potiphar's house. His destination on God's calendar and timetable was becoming a ruler over the whole of Egypt. He would have sacrificed it to be a ruler in Potiphar's house. There is something that if you don't let go, will stop you from entering where God wants you to go. You can choose to be a slave today and a ruler tomorrow. You can choose to be a ruler today and end up as a slave tomorrow. I don't want to die in my old age poor. I'd rather walk in poverty now and end rich than being old and being poor. I've told you, one of the greatest disasters you can experience in your old age is when you have needs around you and you can meet them. And you are murmuring people as an old man. That will not be your story. Yeah. But you know what? It, it doesn't begin with amen. It begins with the decision that I'm going to make. There's a scripture that helped me accept responsibility early. When my father died, I think I was about 10 years old. I started living alone when I was 10 years old. I accepted responsibility early. When I got born again, one scripture helped me. I think uh, Lamentations uh, 327. He said, it is good that a man will bear his yoke in his youth. Bear your yoke in your youth. Young man. If there is a time where it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. A man. Somebody say a man. man. Yeah. There are some pressures you must take it now. You must. If a young man at your age you can sleep. Ah, you can't wake up to pray. I don't know the future you are envisaging for yourself. At your age. At your age. You can't wake up and study the Bible diligently. As a young man. Your future cannot be secure. He said, it is good that a man, because, you see, 
That's why the Bible says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Because a time will come where the strength will not be there. He says, it is good. Somebody say, it is good. It is good now. When you are walking now, it is good. When you don't have much to eat now, it is good. You convert it into fasting. Am I complicating here? Yeah. When you marry, if you are, if, even if you want to fast, your children and wife must eat. So this is the best time to make the needed changes. I mean, this generation really loves good things. But they don't want to pay the price for it. We want the best of everything, but we want to on a silver platter. Now, I want you to know that that never happens anywhere. It doesn't happen anywhere. It doesn't happen. Now, grace is free to you, but grace is not free to God. It's free to you, but it was paid for by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. So, when we talk about grace, you don't want your mind twisted. That is something that has been gifted to you. And you see, grace has also made things available to you that you must use in order to become who God has ordained you to become. The same thing happened to Paul. Look at this. A man who was ready to let go for eternal things. This year, may your values be eternal. In the mighty name of Jesus. Look at Philippians 3, verse 3 to 10. For we are the circumcision which worship God in Christ Jesus. Worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. And have no confidence in the flesh. That though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he had, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I am all. Then he began to talk about these things. He says, circumcise the A.D. of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. And Hebrew of the Hebrews are touching the law, a Pharisee. Now look at this. He says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted for. Those I counted for. Those I counted for. I'm talking about sacrifice as a letting go of the temporal to gain the eternal. Letting go of the temper in order to gain the eternal. I don't know what it is. You saw the drama they gave us. Jesus. He said, looking unto Jesus, the altar and the finisher, who for the joy, let us lay aside any weight that will stop you from entering God's best this year. I want to encourage you to lay it aside. God's mind is made up already. And you must tell yourself, no weight. Tell your neighbor, say, no weight. No way to stop me this year. He says, what things were counted to me as gain, those are counted as, he said, yea, doubtless, I count all things, but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them by dark, that I may win Christ. I may win Christ. Now, the first step was for Christ to win you. Now it's for you to go after him. He warned you. He said, I have drawn thee with my loving kindness. I have drawn thee with that everlasting love. He's drawn you. And the reason why he drew you is so you will come after him. Not that you go back. Everything's not it. That I may win Christ. That was Paul's perspective about things. Everything was doing this. How best? Now, that is one of the most positive and significant ways to respond to the grace of God. When grace draws you, you follow hard after. You don't go back. When grace draws you, you follow hard after. That I may win Christ and be found in him. Not have, Was he not already in Christ? He's a man who told us we are in Christ. We are in Christ. Nobody wrote about who we are in Christ and Apostle Paul. He said, being found in him, not having my own righteousness, but the righteousness which is of faith, of Christ Jesus, that I may know him. Somebody say know him. Know him. Yeah. This year, you must determine, I want to know God. And you can know him. Praise God. You can know God's power in your personal life. In your own work, you will know God. If you will learn to sacrifice. Wake up early. Wake up early. Go to bed early. What are you doing with TV? Those who make news, they don't watch them. Those who watch them, they don't make news. You watch and watch and watch and watch and waste your life away. Go to bed early. Wake up early. Seek the face of God. Grow in wisdom. Grow in the knowledge of God. That I may know him. And the power of... Listen, the knowledge of God. When you are able to discern the voice of God alone, 
you have saved yourself from many crises in life. If you can hear God alone, you may not have a degree, but hearing God will bring you prosperity. Hearing God will link you to the right woman. Hearing God will set you on the right course. And God is ever ready to communicate to you. But make the time for him. It takes sacrifice. This is not a year that you'll be in church Sunday and Wednesday you are off. No. Unless you are duty bound, you have committed yourself to following hard after God. Sacrifice. I like it when the Bible says in Matthew 10, 28, he said, and fear not him which is able to kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. So he's giving you perspective. Somebody say perspective. He says, when you are making choices, don't look at choices that are only in the flesh. There is someone who can destroy your body, but he can destroy your soul. And so if you are making any decision, that should be the, 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 the thing that influences it. Oh, I like Matthew 6, 19. Matthew 6, 19 and 1 Timothy 6, 19. He said, lay not up for yourself. Somebody say, lay not for yourselves. Lay up not for yourself treasures upon the earth where earth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Somebody say treasures in heaven. Where neither moth or rust do corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So there are treasures. Somebody say treasures. Do you know that we are all laying treasures as we are here? Everybody, every child of God is laying treasure. Some are laying it in heaven. Others are laying it with Barclays Bank in stock and in property. That's all they are laying it. But the Bible says the one that is in stock, stocks can crash. I mean, somewhere in, I think, early January or any part of the year, there was fire ravaging some parts of the United States. And if you look at things that were set ablaze, people losing their homes. If that is all you have, you have have nothing. Praise the Lord. If that is all you have, if that is all you have, that's your end. But when you have Christ like Job, no matter what you lose, God will restore it to you. Get ready for full restoration. In the mighty name of Jesus. 1 Timothy 6, 17-19. He said, Child those that are rich in this world. Child those that are rich in this world. One, one important, one opportunity we have to lay up treasure in heaven is what we give. Giving gives you an opportunity to lay up treasure in heaven. Child them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. But in the living God, who giveth as richly all things to enjoy? Then he said that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves. The same way in Matthew. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Somebody say lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. To sacrifice, number it's to endure the cross today in order to secure the crown tomorrow. Someone say, endure the cross. Yeah. Endure the cross today. Rather than give your body to a man for money, just eat your yokogari every day. You won't die. Am I communicating here? You won't die. You won't die. Just to fit in a class and sell your future, build your house, and be riding your Corolla. Am I communicating here? Endure the cross today in order to secure the crown tomorrow. Everybody wants a crown. There is nobody who doesn't want to wear a crown. But if it is not your time to wear a crown and you wear it, it can kill you. Yeah. It can kill you. It can kill you. I mean, <laughs> at various phases in my life as a pastor, <laughs> I, I, I have had to make diverse sacrifices and I'm still making them. And I am, because of the things I have to do, I am careful who comes so close. Because there are some of the people, when they come close, they will discourage you. They will make you feel that you are above this level. Yeah, look at that, what the Bible says. Wherefore, see, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, who for the joy that was set before him 
endured the cross. Jesus did not enjoy the cross. He endured it. You must learn to endure some things. Yeah. You must learn to endure some things. Learn to endure hunger so you will not be in debt. Yeah. Some of you, you your momo is on in super debt. Red. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> You have, you have overborrowed. Somebody was telling me that uh, uh, he borrowed up to a certain point and then he removed the sim and threw it out. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I didn't even know that you could borrow. Yeah. He borrowed up to a certain point. When you realize that, you remove the sin and threw it away. That's an African man. <laughs> Most people get into debt because they want to live a life that is above them. They don't want to endure. There is a phase in your life you must endure. When we're going to get married, I told this woman that this is the kind of a place I can afford. Simple and straight. I mean, when I speak, I've spoken. If you don't agree, we will not work. If it is me you want to marry, this is it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I will not let you come and put pressure on me and kill me. No, no, no. No, no, no. 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 So you will come and visit me. Hey. No, no, no. No. By the time you, you go out of my house, there's pressure on me now to look for. When, when you didn't, you, you were not in my house, I was fine. You see, some of us, we put ourselves under undue pressure. You are hanging out with people who are using some kind of things that you know you cannot afford, but because you want to fit in. You are doing things to buy it and get it and fit in. Meanwhile, those people, they can buy three or four of that same thing. You are selling your future. Bible says, he that works with wise men shall be wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Any relationship that does not add to me, multiply me, is not a relationship I need. If you come, where I sit is where you sit. If you are not comfortable, don't come. Some people are living in three bedrooms when they should be living in one bedroom. Because they, they want to prove a point. Single man, what do you need two bedrooms for? <laughs> yeah, single man. Single man. What do you need two bedrooms for? don't have a piece of land anywhere. You are paying hefty rent to people because you want to, uh, you know, the place, the, the place I work, if they know that this is where I live, they will not respect me. Somebody said to sacrifice, sacrifice. is to endure the cross today in order to secure the crown tomorrow. Yeah. Your future is bright. Your future is glorious. But your future can only become a reality when you follow the process. Somebody say the process. Process. You can't short circuit the process. And you can't fast forward the process. You have to go through the process. You have to go through the process. If you, if you want to, uh, you will struggle and worry yourself. The Bible says, let this mind be, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught no rubbish. He came down, adapted, endured the cross, and then he is highly exalted, given a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. One of the distinguishing features of a true Christian is his endurance level. His what? Endurance level. Endurance level. A Christian is supposed to have endurance. The ability to endure. That's a Christian. He said, thou therefore shalt endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. Every year, you know, when they open the army camp and they are uh, recruiting people, some people go and they run away. <laughs> the endurance level is low. Those who pass out as soldiers, they have gone through beatings. They have gone through all manner of things. And so nothing can move them. They become a solid rock that cannot be shaken. And when you learn to, to go through endurance like that, your finances will become like a rock. 
your health will become like a rock. Your marriage will become like a rock. Ready? There's a price you must pay in order to see your dream become a reality. And if you are not willing to pay that price, there's no way you get it. The price for your salvation has been paid. But the price for the fulfillment of your dream, you have to pay it. You have to pay it. You have to pay it. In the book of 2 Timothy, he said, endure all things. He said, watch thou in all things, endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. Make full proof of your ministry. Make full proof of your ministry. So, it's not enough to dream great dreams, but it's important to be ready to make great sacrifices. Great what? Great sacrifices. Going the extra mile. Staying up at night when others are sleeping and snoring. Great sacrifices. Great sacrifices. Great sacrifices. Great sacrifices. Doing that which others are not willing to do. That's sacrifice. To sacrifice. Number seven. I'll close with that. To sacrifice is to be willing and ready to die for a much deserving person and a greater cause. To sacrifice is to be willing and ready to die for a much deserving person or greater cause. Let me tell you something. All of us are willing to die for some things. True of us. Yeah. There are some people, they are dying for some girl. They are dying to get some one girl. <laughs> they just want to. That's all. Other people are dying to get a certain position. Others are dying to get a certain qualification. But there is a greater cause. Somebody said there's a greater cause. There's a greater cause. There's a greater cause. And this year, you will live your life for a greater cause. I said you will live your life for a greater cause. Now, those who die for political causes, others will die for economic causes, jihadist causes. 9-11 is uh, an attempt of people who died for jihadist causes. Others died for financial causes, sacrificed their families and all of those things. But not Apostle Paul. Look at this. Acts chapter 21, verse 10 to 13. And as they stayed there many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from where? Judea. Now look at that with me. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet and said, That says the spirit. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Look at verse number 12. When we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Alright? Now, it's not everybody who, when he attempts to stop you, you must agree. You remember, when Jesus was about to go to the cross, Peter said, you shall not die. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't say it's a good idea, Peter. <laughs> no. Peter, I never thought about that crowd. Thank you, thank you. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. There are certain prices, if people stop you from paying it, they are risking your future. They are risking your future. They are risking your future. So even when they want to stop you, your father, mother want to stop you, Tell yourself, I'm going to do it. Paul said, I'm not, listen, I'm not one of those people who is a, a fiero. He began to talk, for I'm not only ready to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of our Lord Jesus. For the name. For the name. For the name. What are you willing to do this year for the name of our Lord? I know there are things you want to do for your name. To legalize, have a legacy. And to establish your greatness. But what are you willing to do for the name? Because that's where true Christians live. True Christians don't live for themselves. They live for God. He says, this is what I'm willing to do. The book of Hebrews tells us. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 38, 32 to 37. He said, what shall I say more? What shall I say more? I do not have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. Now he began to talk about them. What did they do? Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised? Who shut the mouth of lions? Verse 34, he said, quench the fury, fury of flames and escape the edge of a sword. Whose weakness was turned into strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies? Look at this. Women received back their dead 
to life. Raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better. No, 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 no. no. They refuse. That is faith. Faith is not I receive my car. It's more than I receive my car. Lord, you must give me this. If by the end of this month, I don't see it. Too long. Bye-bye. That's not fair. They refuse. Because they were looking at... I wrote, I wrote, I said, a major difference between the first century Christians and we present-day Christians is that they were never afraid to die in defense of the faith. This, our generation, we fear death. And you see, the reason why you fear death is because you are not dead. Praise God. And that's the first mistake. The first mistake is that you are not dead. You were called to die. But you have not died. So you are afraid to die. Because when you die, you only die once. He that is dead, die once. But if you are not dead, you will be required to die again. That's what he said. They were tortured and they refused. Look at Revelation chapter 11, 12 verse. This is a scripture we quote and we enjoy. And they overcame him by the blood of a lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame him. Look at this. He said, they conquered him by the blood of a lamb and by the word of the... For they love not their lives even unto death. They love not their lives. Their life was no more important to them than bringing honor to God. This year, I want to challenge you to take a stand for God. Praise God. Because there is something in this year that God has in mind for you. And you don't want to miss it. They love not their lives. They love not their rights. When you learn to sacrifice, you will enjoy peace in your home. Apart from it imparting your spiritual life, it you enjoy peace in your home. You will enjoy a, a, a happy home, a blissful home. You, you will see the hand of God at work in your life. Jude 1, uh, 3, it said, Beloved, when I get diligence to write unto you, Unto our common self, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you earnestly contend for the faith. Somebody say faith. 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 Contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Christianity empowers you to die and die well. It empowers you to die and what? Yeah. It empowers you, prepares you to die and die well. Even the Old Testament, those who were not Christians, who have not seen the sacrifice of Christ, they were more willing to let go of their lives for the cause. David appeared on the battle and they said, why have you come here? He said, is there not a cause? There is a greater cause. And this year you will respond to the cause of God. Receive grace to respond to the cause of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, your moment of greatness comes when you seize the opportunity to respond to a greater kingdom cause. Your moment of greatness, elevation. It comes when you seize an opportunity to respond to a kingdom greater cause. When everybody was preserving his life, I mean, it fits into that text. Whosoever will protect his life, he will lose it. Whosoever will lose his life, will, will gain it. That was what happened in the story of David. If you look at that story, that's what happened. Everybody, the king said, I won't go. Goliath will use me for suya. My wife and children are there. I don't want to die. All the soldiers, they were being paid to defend the nation. They laid down their sword. The little boy said, I am going. And I'm going in the name of the Lord. When David stood in, sometimes we preach and we say that he was motivated by the road. Those were not his primary motivation. His primary motivation, he made it known. When he first saw what was happening, he didn't know what made David angry was not there and excited to go was not that. When he saw, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that is defying the armies of God? So he chose to fight to defend the cause of Christ. That was it. Anytime you take a decision like that, heaven moves to back you. Heaven moves. And this year, heaven will back you. I said, heaven will back you. you will, there is no competition you will find yourself involved in that you won't come on top. Let heaven take lead. Let God go ahead of you. They told Queen Esther, he says, listen, your people have been sought out. 
if you stay in the quiet, deliverance will come, but you and your house will perish. Then he said, fast for me. I will go before the king, and if I perish, I perish. I perish, I perish. And she went before the king, and because her motivation was kingdom, everything that would have come to her turned onto her enemies. This year, things are shifting for your sake. I said things are shifting for your sake. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let me close with this guy whom I love so much. His name is very long. This one was ready to die for a greater cause. Listen, if you are going to die, don't die for medicine. Don't die for politics. Don't die for law. Die for Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Die for Christ. That's a greater cause. That's a generational cause. Look at what the Bible says of this man. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 to 30. Yet I considered it necessary to send you Epiphraditus. Look at this. New King James. Epiphraditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. Now look at this. He says, since he was a longing for you all and was distressed because you had, you had heard that he was sick. For indeed, he was sick almost unto death. But God had mercy on him. Who are the people God will have mercy on? <laughs> now listen, he says, and not only him, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Ministry. <laughs> there are some people when you lose them in ministry, it's very difficult. Men like Epiphanes, when they leave you, it's very difficult. Paul said, if this man had died, if this man had died, my whole work would have come to a standstill. Listen, can you become that valuable to God? Why God would just decide to keep you alive? Because he knows that as long as you are alive, his cause will advance. Am I communicating here? He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. That as long as you live, the gospel will go forth. His kingdom will advance. That's why I'm telling you, don't live for yourself, live for God. Because when you live for God, everything answers to you. Look at this. He says, for indeed he was sick. Therefore I sent him unto you, verse 28, eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such men in high esteem. Hold such men in what? Which are the people the Bible says we should honor? Those who lay their lives down for the cause of Christ. Hold them in high esteem. Hold them in high esteem. Then he says, because for the work of Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of self, to supply what was lacking in your service to him. He was not holding back. Oh. His service was not convenient. He wasn't coming to rehearsal because uh, he's cool. He has eaten. Everything is convenient. God has answered all his prayer. No, 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 no. He didn't regard his life. He was ready to die so Christ would live through him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for a great year? When message like this is preached, the place gets quiet. But I am showing you how to live your best life. Praise the Lord. This is how, except a corn of wheat, fall to the ground and dies, it abides alone. You will never see greater fruit in your life. You will never see the fruit of the Spirit find expression in your life until you allow your flesh to die. Let your flesh die. There's no gentleness in you. There's no meekness in you. There's no uh, uh, joy in you. All because everything is in this your flesh. The moment the man Abraham laid the sun down, God said, now I know. Praise the Lord. Now I know. And then that which was a promise became a covenant. He said, I swear. Go, go to the book. I'll close with Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18. 13 to 18. 13 to 18. For when God made a promise, now look at this. This is graduation. 
I'm showing you the power of sacrifice. I've not actually, I will talk to you about the benefit of sacrifice. When you learn to sacrifice, be it money, time, energy, the benefit it accrues. Itself. When God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by none greater, he swore by himself. What did he swear? Say, surely in blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. This is God speaking. You see, there are some words when they are pronounced over your life. The witches, they stand at attention. They hear it. I will never waste my time to pray against let my enemies die. They are dying by themselves. Praise the Lord. They are sorted out by God. He said, because he could not swear by, he swore by himself and said, surely I will bless you. Surely I will bless you. Whether you like it or not, I will bless you. It did not just come. It came on the platform of sacrifice. So after he had patiently endured, you see, how did he obtain the promise? After he had patiently endured, receive grace to endure. As I receive grace to endure, you will not be like this forever. It's a phase, so endure it. Endure it. Go through it. When you come to church, you've not eaten, but be cheerful. It's a phase. It's a face. It's a face. You don't have the shoes other people have. The one you have, where it will pride, it's a face. Am I communicating here? It's a face. You don't have to sell your body to get something new. It's a face. The Bible says, and it came to pass. And this one too shall pass. Praise the Lord. It's a face. When you are patiently endure, the Bible says he obtained the promise. Listen. If you don't learn to endure, your promises will slip you by. Endure. Joseph was sold by his brethren. He endured it. Went to Potiphar's house, lied upon, mistreated. He endured it. He said, I'm taking them on. I, I, I must defend my name. He didn't have anything to defend. He endured it. He came to the prison. The man forgot him. He endured it. Some of us cannot endure disappointment. So your relationship with people have spoiled. You can't endure. Somebody disappointed you. Now you don't trust anybody. You see, the person disappointed you, but now you are destroying your life by being distrustful. You don't trust anybody. So other people God has brought your way who can be a blessing to you, you are suspicious of them. And that is what is robbing you. Endured, he obtained the promise. Look at verse 16. He said, For men verily swear by the greater. And an oath for a confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Now, this is what he's saying. He's saying that when you are dealing with men and they make a covenant and they swear, it is supposed to be the end of all disputes. Once the person says, I swear, it means that you have to believe. That's why when you go to court, they give you a Quran or a Bible to swear by. Because the moment you pick either of these to swear, it is deemed acceptable that whatever you are going to say is going to be the truth. But people carry Bible and I. <laughs> they carry Quran and I. <laughs> so, so, you see, so the Bible says, men do this to establish a certain level of certainty. And God, oh, I like this. The Bible says, verse 17, God willing more abundantly to show to the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. Now listen, he didn't need to do it, but he did it so that your mind will be at rest. And said, confirmed it by an oath in which by two immutable things, it was impossible for God to lie. That we might have a strong consolation. Somebody say, I have a consolation. Say, I have a consolation. We might have a strong consolation to who have fled for the hope that is set before us. Which hope? we have before us. Praise the Lord. So, that's it. If you endure with him today, tomorrow you shall reign with him. There is nothing you don't have today you can't have tomorrow. Am I communicating here? There is nothing you don't have today you can't have tomorrow. But, be ready to go through the process. I pray that the grace of God will rest upon you. May the anointing of God help you. The grace of God rests upon your life. May you move from glory to glory. In the name of Jesus. 
Lift up your hands and receive grace for salvation. Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our services at our headquarter church from 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, which is our Excel service, and from 8.45 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. for our second service, which is our celebration service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook, or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Hey, 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 hey.